Live from New York, it's Ask This Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me, Mr. Lady Ada, who looks um, pretty good today. Um, he does. There was, there was the, the comment Looking section in the previous one. They're like, look, that guy looks like dancing or something like that. Some other guy. I anyway, know. I don't know. I'm not, yeah. It's Winter Soldier, I, Johnny yeah, Depp. I took a shower. Jack White. You took a, sh you took a shower. Uh, anyways. It's been a day. We've both taken showers and we're ready for a full hour of the latest uh, news and updates from the maker, hacker, creator, engineer community. We've got a jam-packed show with lots of facts and videos and products and retro tech and more. Uh, so let's get right to it, Mr. Ladyana. What's on tonight's show? That's right. On Dan tonight's <laughs> show is uh, Two Fact. We're going to be talking about two-factor authentication and what we're doing to make sure you get all the products that you want during this incredible shortage of all things electronic. Talk about some of our live shows that we do, including Show and Tell, which we just did. Time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. What's going on? Some really cool retro tech stuff. From the mailbag, that's when we're going to be talking about some uh, changes we made with accounts and um, how we handle two-factor authentication, specifically right now for Raspberry Pi orders, like I was saying. Some main New York City factory footage, 3D printing, INMPI, new products, top secret. We answer your questions. You can ask them throughout the show, but we do that mostly at the end of the show. Join all 33,000 of us. I think it's 34,000 now, but 33,000 of we us up. over fine. at Discord, Discord or discord.gg forward slash Adafruit. We get to all of them at the end for sure. All that and more on, you guessed it, Dun -da -da. Ask an Engineer. Okay, so um, before we get started with the show this week, uh, gonna get serious because there's a lot of things going on in the world and we've been doing this show for almost 15 years and every time something's going on, we uh, talk to our team, we talk to our friends uh, who do activism or people who are interested in world peace or all the things that we think that can maybe help everyone come together, build things and, you know, make society better. So uh, right now there's uh, a humanitarian crisis going on in the Ukraine. And um, I thought I would just tell kind of a personal story. So after uh, Lady Aid and I uh, met, I said, hey, um, I want when we go to Japan, because we wanted to go to Japan together, um, I want to take you to Hiroshima because I went there when I was younger. And I've been there a couple times, been there a few times. And it had a really big impact on me. So we went to the Peace Park in Hiroshima. And it's a really beautiful place, but it's because something happened. So um, on August 6th and August 9th, um, nuclear bombs were dropped. Uh, my birthday is August 9th, so every single year there's a reminder. Uh, and my uncle was born on, on August 6th. And so every single year um, I think about uh, what happened and, and my time that I uh, was in Hiroshima. And, and my dad was in the nuclear uh, energy field. So this is something that's like that's been with me for a long time. And I said, let's go to this peace park um, because I, I really wish everyone could visit it. Um, you see things there that I, I wish every world leader experienced it. You walk through these exhibits, there's artifacts from when the bomb was dropped. And so one of the things that had a big impact on me was this uh, pocket watch. It's forever stopped at 8.15 from uh, August 6th. And um, if you think about it, that, that time stopped. Um, a, a bomb went off, people died. A children's little tricycle, um, forever frozen in this moment, a reminder of, of what happened, um, the destructive power 
of the atom. And the thing that really hit me and, and why I wanted to talk about this is um, there was this picture and there has the translations and, and I'm gonna zoom in in a second and it says, uh, a person sitting on the steps to the bank, uh, outside the bank, waiting for it to open, was exposed to the flash from the atomic bomb explosion, received the rays directly, the victim must have uh, died on the spot and uh, basically the um, spot that they were sitting is a shadow forever. And they, they have the, the piece of the building uh, right there. And you can see where the person was sitting, eating their sandwich, bomb went off, and th that was the end of them. And um, th what's in, happening in the news right now, it, I, I don't know what we can do as an electronics company to, to encourage peace and people talk together. Um, there's enough nuclear weapons for the, the world to, to kill itself over. So, um, with what's going on in the Ukraine, um, the president of the Ukraine went on video tonight, talked in English. I'm going to play that. It's a minute, just a minute and a half clip in a second. Um, but he's basically asking people, show your support for peace. And um, one of the things that we thought about is, well, we could, we could maybe help get some, some information that, to the people in Russia. Um, you know, governments do things, but the people that don't want war are usually the population. Um, they just want to go back to their normal lives. Everyone wants to raise families and, and, and have peace. It seems like that's a human thing. So what we did on our website is we have a section, um, adafruit.com slash Russia, and we opened up a little uh, a hole in our firewall. And if you're from Russia, because uh, our site's not banned there, um, you can uh, get information about the uh, Quickix uh, offline reader for Wikipedia. It looks like Wikipedia is not going to be allowed. So there's a downloadable version of Wikipedia right now. Um, according to their stats, this uh, open source organization that does this, uh, Russia is the number one downloader of the reader and the 46 gigabyte file of Wikipedia without pictures. Um, you can get the one with 86 gigabytes, but the one with uh, 46, or sorry, yeah, 46 gigabytes is the one that's getting downloaded. Uh, Tor is officially blocked by the Russian government right now, so we have links to the Tor mirrors so people can get information. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger put out a message um, and we have the English version, the video that can be downloaded uh, through some of the uh, blocks from Russia, and then the translation. And it's a story about how uh, someone from Russia impacted him, um, getting the information out. And this isn't a choosing side thing, it's just getting information out to folks and allowing access. Uh, right now, Russia, the Russian people are cut off, they don't know what's going on. And if there's going to be a peaceful solution, it might take the Russian population to do it. So uh, you'll probably see this video that's going around uh, shortly. Um, there's a call for peace tomorrow uh, because it's been one month since Ukraine was invaded by uh, Putin's army. So uh, I'm going to uh, show a little uh, clip of it. Uh, you can go to the section on our website. We're talking to people uh, who formerly worked at the State Department, who do this as a form of activism, um, people like the EFF. We're just trying to figure out what can Adafruit do because we... A hashtag and changing our logo probably isn't the only thing uh, that, that we can do. We, we, we'll do that too, but we wanted to get some of the information out. So uh, this is uh, the little message that uh, we saw floating around. Every evening, the president of the Ukraine addresses the nation tonight for the first time. He did in English, calling on people everywhere to show solidarity. Come out of your offices and homes, show your support for the Ukrainian people. So I'm going to play a clip of this, and then uh, we'll resume our regularly scheduled programming. The war of Russia is not only the war against Ukraine. Its meaning is much wider. Russia started the war against freedom as it is. This is only the beginning for Russia 
on the Ukrainian land. Russia is trying to defeat the freedom of all people in Europe, of all the people in the world. It tries to show that only crude and cruel force matters. It tries to show that people do not matter as well as everything else than make us people. That's the reason we all must stop Russia. The world must stop the war. I thank everyone who acts in support of Ukraine, in support of freedom, but the war continues. The acts of terror against peaceful people go on. One month already, that long. It breaks my heart hearts of all Ukrainians and every free person on the planet. That's why I ask you to stand against the war, starting from March 24th, exactly one month after the Russian invasion. From this day and after then, show your standing. Come from your offices, your homes, your schools and universities. Come in the name of peace. Come with Ukrainian symbols to support Ukraine, to support freedom, to support life. Come to your squares, your streets. Make yourselves visible and heard. Say that people matter, freedom matters, peace matters, Ukraine matters. From March 24th, in downtowns of your cities, all as one together who want to stop the war. Okay, and uh, we appreciate the patience and support as we try to figure out a way to use our platform to get the information to uh, the people in Russia who are currently cut off, um, people that can do something, um, whether it's just showing your support on, on social media or marching in the streets. Um, I think we all agree that the world is a better place in peace versus war. Um, I'd really like to uh, build something with people in different countries and be able to... Uh, feel like there's a future for all of us where we can all come together. So anyways, uh, we re now resume our regularly <laughs> scheduled programming. Okay, Lady Ada, let's uh, talk about what's on tonight's show. Okay. So the code is two-fact, and that's because we're going to be talking about um, our two-factor authentication stuff. But yeah. as people put stuff in their cart, they get free things. That's right. Um, we have, uh, in, in addition to the code, you also get free stuff when you order from adafruit.com. $99 or more, you get a free Promoproto half-size breadboard. Great for making your projects from a solderless breadboard permanent. Um, 149 or more, you get a free STEM IQT board. We have a selection of about a dozen different boards that are in stock. Um, if you make an account, we'll send you a different one each time. And then 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. It's trackable, it's insured, it's reliable, it's UPS brand. Okay, we do a bunch of live shows, uh, around like five or six a week. We do like three. We do. We like it. You know why we like it? Because the people, um, that's why you do it. If there was nobody watching, you know what the most important of all, you know what the most important thing about all of our live shows? Yeah. The community and audience. Because, if they weren't watching, why we would be really weird. Yeah. We could do it, but I don't think it would be fun. Sometimes we get asked like, what camera setup have? What, what uh, uh, sound thing do you have? What's the most important thing in a live show? The community. That's right. <laughs> so. Uh, you make it happen. The yeah. fans. So thank you. Um, Okay. So we just finished up the show and tell. Check it out. Cool stuff. Yeah. Synthesizers. With the Raspberry Pi. Uh, uh, computing machines. Yeah. Uh, simulators. 3D printed covers for graphic novels. We're going to show that tonight. Uh, Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. And uh, then um, 3D Raspberry Pi glasses. Matt the Maker came by. I haven't seen him in a bit. And he showed this really cool Raspberry Pi W uh, glasses 
that recognizes faces and then puts uh, overlays on top of them. Yeah, Super it's cool, cool stuff. Okay. On, Very cyber. On Sundays, we usually do uh, Desk of Lady Ada. We have two parts. What was part one of Desk of Lady Ada this week? Um, well, I showed off some samples, and I also showed off that um, uh, we recently revised the ESP32 S2 Feather, um, and I did a little bit of a trick um, on the last panel that we put through the oven. I pulled off the S2 module and I put on the S3 module um, because it's actually pin compatible. And then um, I designed a tester for the S3 Feather and uh, it works great. And Arduino recently added support for the S3 um, in a branch of the um, Arduino ESP32 support, port support package. Um, so you'll be seeing a uh, ESP32 S3 Cutie Pie and Feather in the shop uh, later this month or in April. Okay, and then we do um, one of our more popular segments now from the desk of Lady Ada, and uh, it's because it's well. You can you can get parts. Yeah, the great search is now like kind of kind of the show because uh, you have to be able to find it. Yeah. So what was the great search this week? I'm trying to remember actually. Um, We've been doing a lot. I know. I'm sorry. I'm totally spacing out. What was the great search? Can you can you zoom into it? Or yeah, something? I can zoom in. You want? I'll sorry. Let, we'll let Usually, it, we'll I can let, remember. It, it was. Oh right! It was a 16-bit DAC. Right. right. This is why we have this. By the way, we had it's been a we had a day today. If I were to tell you what happened today, so you wouldn't believe us. Yeah, um, it, was, it, okay. was, it was it was it was a tough day. Let me go but, back to we're here. Sixteen bit deck. So we we yes. Yeah, so somebody emailed and they're like, well, you have sixteen bit ADCs in the store that are I squared C, but wouldn't it be cool if you had a sixteen bit deck? And there are some times when you need them. They're they're not cheap, um, but there are a couple available. I showed two different ones. Um, I think neither are actually in stock, uh, but they look like they will be stocked in the next few months. So if you want an I squared C. 16-bit uh, analog output. Uh, you know, we were thinking of designing a STEM QT board. Um, then uh, check out the uh, Great Search. Okay. On Tuesdays, we have JP's product pick, and that's when we broadcast live on a product page. The discounts automatically applied, and you can interact with our team, JP, purchase the product that you are watching and you don't even have to put in a discount code. So here's this week's highlight from JP's product pick. Take it away, JP. It is the right angle Lux sensor, Vemmel 7700 with Stemma QT. This one has the sensor mounted parallel to the board instead of perpendicular to the board, which means you can fit this in some tiny little areas. Since this is mounted at this angle, I should be able to stick this inside of my little box here and you'll notice it's just peeking out right there. You can disable that LED by the way. So it's just peeking out there and we're getting just from my ambient lighting in the room about 35 lux and as I put my hand over that it gets pretty dark down to one. So you could use this for detecting objects particularly for things like security things, puzzles, escape room stuff. I always like things like that. Magic tricks if you want to have it mounted fairly discreetly. The right angle Lux sensor with Stemma QT. Okay, and JP's workshop is tomorrow, Thursday, and uh, here's a little bit of a preview of one of the things that JP was showing off.
That's really cool. I'm, I am now a sample. Yeah. Every money, everyone will have their uh, 15 megabytes of fame. OK, so time travel. Let's look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Uh, first, a little bit of an update. Thank you so much for your patience. During this insane supply chain part shortage, uh, we are doing Adabox. We will never stop doing Adabox. But it is now the winter spring edition. <laughs> so we are combining holidays, much like planet Earth is starting to combine holidays and uh, uh, seasons. So this is winter spring edition because uh, we just can't get all the stuff. But once we do, you'll get the notification. You can always decide not to have your box shipped. We don't charge credit cards until your box is shipped. So it's going to be a great box. We just need stuff to arrive and be able to manufacture. And, and uh, we're getting closer. Not, not have lockdowns constantly all over the world. There was a lockdown in Shenzhen. Some of the stuff got hung up. There was a malware attack in the port of uh, Seattle where a bunch of stuff goes through. Uh, that's resolved. You name it, everything's kind of happening all at once. I've, I've told this story before, but I saw this video of uh, there was a fireworks display, and they set it up wrong. Instead of the fireworks going off over the course of three hours, it went off all at once. It was spectacular. However, fireworks probably shouldn't be enjoyed in five seconds. You should probably space them a little bit between. It's very exciting, the world of electronics right now, but it's all happening at once. Yeah, or not. Yeah. Is that happening by, at By all? all happening at once, like every crisis you can imagine. Yeah. Is that the plural? Crises. Crises, yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, let's do some mailbag. It's packet, the mailbag. Yeah, mailbag's a little different this week, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. So... Um, it's different because uh, I think we, we did a, a hug report type thing or we did a like, oh, here's what's going on. So this is from a bot um, and this is from a human and I'll, I'll pop over to this in a second. Um, so we added two-factor authentication to um, all the, the purchases for Raspberry Pis because there's none. And when we put them in stock, people were uh, using automated bots and tools to try to buy up all of them using different addresses, different names, creating accounts, and it wasn't fair to all the customers. So uh, we tried lots of things, uh, and we have many layers of checks and balances, but one of the things that helped the most was having um, two-factor authentication. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but the, 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 the feedback we got, and this is from the person who made one of the Twitter bots, it's friendly bots, just letting people know when things are in stock. Uh, that's a wrap. Thank you for all the messages and support I've been getting. It keeps me motivated to keep the project going. So this bot on Twitter helps people find it. And then as we were watching this over the last few weeks, people would say if they got one or not. And before, they weren't able to because there was a lot of automated tools. So a person says, I got one. You demand. I finally was sitting at my PC when a notification came in. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know how long it's been taken to get my hands on a pie. Warms my heart. I uh, have an account, made the uh, two-factor authentication advance, so close lesson learned. Uh, thank you so much for this, Adafruit, um, for implementing two-factor authentication and giving humans a fighting chance. I was able to secure the Raspberry Pi I needed for my upcoming project and now can safely turn off notifications. Um, so it looks like this worked out. Um, a little tough. Um, you know, there was lots of uh, interesting feedback on places like Hacker News. Let the market decide, my lady. And, and, and <laughs> why don't you just do this thing? And it's like that yeah. thing you just came up with is actually not a just thing yeah. to do. So, so well, uh, you know, you can go into the um, fact. If yeah. You want. So what I wanted to do is just talk about like, here, here's what we're doing. And, and go ahead and start asking questions in, in Discord right now if you want. But Lady Ada. But we have a fact. We have a fact. And that I wrote today. Yeah. 
Um, with the help of the team, Lady Ada wrote this. Okay. And so why don't you go through it and you can you could scroll. But well, I'm do gonna... you want the text to be on the screen too? Or... No, no. Well, I, I, so the, the text is not going to be readable. That's uh, true. Okay, but, I'll just. But oh, if you want. No. But if you want, I can. Good. See, it's not that readable. Okay, you're right. Um, but but why don't you go ahead and, okay. and scroll as needed, and I'll t I'll put the link in the chat right now. I'm I'm yeah back writer. Okay, so first off, um, for the people who just tuned in, we're now requiring verified accounts with two-factor authentication enabled in order to ras to purchase certain high-demand products such as Raspberry Pi computers. That's Pi fours, Pi zeros. Uh, due to a large number of bot purchasers making it difficult for makers and engineers to order these products. Uh, so please make sure before you get the notification for Raspberry Pis that you have verified your Adafruit accounts. We know you have a valid email. That's not just like, the verified email is actually not just for bots. It's actually because we couldn't get in touch with some people to like tell them, hey, there's a delay or an issue with your order. So we want to make sure you have a valid email address. And enable two-factor. We have a tutorial on how to enable two-factor. Oh, here's a question about two-factor. Ask me. Okay. So some people in the past had SMS uh, two-factor. I've heard that we've kept those accounts, but any new ones, we're using uh, the tools, the... Right, TOTP. Uh, uh, TOTP. One-time, time-based, you know, one-time password yeah. So uh, password a lot of people generate. use Authy, they use Google Authenticator. Yeah. You, we, we also made one with an ESP32 with an OLED, so you don't even have, if you don't have an, like I didn't have a phone and I needed a TOTP thing, you can make one with an Arduino um, and a little display. And um, we don't use SMS anymore. One, because people who are international had trouble with SMSs. Um, and sometimes SMSs got charged, sometimes they wouldn't come through, and they can be spoofed. Um, the TOTP type uh, two-factor is free. It's available on every platform. You don't need a phone. There are apps that yeah. run on a computer. Somebody has a command line tool that they wrote that you can just like type it on your Linux, whatever. It's available, and it's, I also published, again, some Python code if you want to just run a Python script uh, with the, you know, the time and the hash. Okay, okay. so that's a two-factor. So number one, why are we doing this, and why don't we just allow the bots to buy up the stock and set a market price that matches supply and demand? <laughs> this was actually a very why common... Why don't we just send out copies of Atlas Shrugged? <laughs> well, so, so this isn't, it's not a bad question, um, and, and I get what people are asking. They're like, let the market decide. But the problem is, is that the market right now is really, is really screwed up because... Normally, if there was high demand for Raspberry Pis, the Pi Foundation would just make more Raspberry Pis to meet the demand. But the problem is, is that we can't meet the demand because there's a very serious silicon chip shortage. So we can't make more Raspberry Pis than there are. I mean, they're making a lot, but they can't fulfill the demand. Um, and so people are taking advantage of this um, by selling them on auction sites. And we, like, we've actually matched but, up, like, somebody's placed an order for, like, 10 Raspberry Pis. Yes. And then we, like, look up the email address, and it's like, hi, I have, you know, a Facebook or eBay They're account. selling them on eBay for... for like, 150 bucks. Three, three or $400 now. It sucks. So um, we want to make sure... So we, ha we have had a one-per-customer limit, but what people do is they would make multiple orders over and over and over again using guest accounts, and they would just like order 20 in a row. And it's like, that's not what one per customer means. I think you guys know what it means. So we're, we're only um, fulfilling the thing that we said we would do, which was limit one per customer. Um, and, and some of these were not truly bots. I think like we, we, we say bots, people know what we mean, but some of them were really just individuals that would just constantly place multiple orders over and over again. I, don't, I think they were tool assisted, but they weren't like literally a script. Um, and then we added today, what does the Pi Foundation think about this? And um, ZDNet did a quick article about this, uh, which mostly is just about you know, the fact that we are requiring two-factor. And they interviewed Eben, and Eben says, um, you know, this is just like the graphics cards that people can't get right now. Um, there's people taking advantage of uh, market shortages. 
Uh, this is parasitic behavior. It's great to see people like Adafruit taking measures to stop it. Thank you, Evan. Um, so thank you, Evan, for being supportive. Um, Evan has been really helpful. I know that they're making Raspberry Pis as quickly as possible. And you know, the Pi Foundation, the goal of the Pi Foundation is to get these low-cost computers to students, to makers, to hackers, to kids, to people who want to explore. It's it's not I, it, it should not turn into some sort of like NFT-like thing where people are like selling futures of Raspberry Pis and nobody's actually using them. We want people well, we, to use them. We wanted to figure out a way to make it fair and also secure and also just stop some of the automation that's out there. Yeah. And, and so far, by the way, I guess I could just say, has it been working? Yes. So How far, effective so, yeah. is this? It seems like it won't work and can be easily bypassed. This is actually also a really common thing. People are like, TOTP is like, again, you can calculate it with a Python script in two seconds. Yeah. So how would this trivial really... Trivial to defeat it's my lady. Trivial. It's trivial <laughs> to defeat my lady. But actually, um, it works really, really well. Um, why? I'm, I'm not actually 100% sure because, again, it is something that can be automated. But I think it's just one of those things where, you know, you just have to be... You just have to make it a little bit harder than people who are doing automated purchases are willing to do. Um, I mean, eventually, yes, they'll, they'll catch up to the idea or whatever tool they're using will, will automate the TOTP login. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, this is only one piece and of it. And we're not done yet. We'll, of course, continue to review the orders. Yeah. We'll, of course, to make sure it's as fair as possible. Um, the good news is the educators, the people who need these for really important things have all let us know, hey, thank you so much. I finally they're, was able they're to- They're actually getting yeah. it. Yeah, and so we continue to do this. We'll rinse and repeat. We'll continue to iterate. And I think that's actually the other thing is the people who are really motivated, they're just going to move on from Adafruit and go to the sites that aren't doing this, um, that don't have these things. So I think based on today's news and, and stores yeah. and other companies that are part of this community too, they're probably going to start implementing something like this as well. Yeah, this is just one, it's like a multi-pronged approach. This is, you know, and we started with just verified accounts and then we added two-factor. And of course, we also have humans that... Um, you know, we have one human who um, listens to a lot of, um, you know, detective podcasts. So they're like really good at like matching up people who are trying to get around the one per customer. Um, and we're, 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 we're canceling and voiding and, and, and banning people who are taking advantage and abusing the system. But the, the, having the two factor and verified account is making it so we can actually do that. Like before we were getting all the 300 would sell out in like two minutes. We never even had a chance yeah. to review the orders they came in so quickly. Now they're coming in and we're able to review them as they come in and get them shipped Yeah, the people day. who need them have been able to get them. They make their accounts in advance. They have two-factor authentication set up. When we're able to put in stock, they get notified. They're able to purchase them. And like someone said in the chat, you know, the scalpers who do sports tickets and concerts, they don't like things like this, but the general population likes things like this because they're able to actually get, yeah. get tickets and they're not ending up paying... Um, 10 times the amount, and that's what's happening with Raspberry Pis right now. Something that's supposed to be $35, people are selling for, you know, four or $500. That's not okay. Yeah, stupid. Okay, yeah. next up, why are we releasing stock? Why not release them all at once? Um, that's a good question. We actually have quite a bit of back stock, but we didn't want to put it all in for uh, three reasons. So we're putting them in batches about 300 per batch. Um, one, we want to make sure that we have time to review the orders and ship them out in reasonable time. If we put in you know, 5,000 Raspberry Pis and they sold out, even if they sold out in like two hours, it would take us a couple days or a week to ship them all out. That's not fun and we'd have to review the order. So we're doing it in batches. Again, don't worry, you know, there's not gonna be a lot of Raspberry Pis, so we'll, we'll be able to spread this out over time. You know, if people, if somebody isn't at their computer, they'll have a shot later because there isn't like this one single hour in which all the Raspberry Pis are sold. Um, and also we want to um, 
see how these automated or semi-automated purchasers are responding to every time we add another, you know, we add another layer of difficulty or a restriction and um, we're, we're kind of observing how they're evolving their behavior and putting up um, barriers, some of which you'll see and some of which you won't. There could be um, IP-based, um, of course there's email-based, address-based, yeah. Um, you know, um, basically freight forwarded scanning to make sure these aren't going to some place where they're getting shipped to another yeah. place. Yeah, we we do a lot. Yeah, so we're we're observing it. Okay, cool. And then uh, similarly, somebody asks, why does you sometimes put one or two in the store? Um, what you're seeing is when we have canceled an order, avoided an order, um, either because some something went wrong or because we detected someone who was trying to take advantage of. Uh, purchasing more than one, um, it automatically gets returned into stock. We don't usually notify people, but it might just sort of like pop into stock uh, just one or two at a time. Um, it's just the way of our automated, you know, when we cancel an order, it automatically gets re-entered um, into the stock system. And so you'll just see one or two pop up. Um, that's not us restocking, that's just a cancellation. Um, so, uh, and we don't email. Um, next up, I signed up to be notified by email when the pies go in stock, but I'm not being notified. Um, so we have a big back in stock notification list because we keep um, all the notifications. However, the way we do it is it would be really silly if we notified 4,000 people when we put in 200 raspberry pies. Like that would just cause a feeding frenzy. It would be super unfair um, because a lot of people would have no shot. Like there's just too many sub subscriptions for the number. So what happens is that for every time we put in 300 units, we notify about 300 people, then we wait a few minutes, and then we notify another 300 people. Um, and this gives some folks a chance. Again, if you're not in front of your you know, email, of course, you're not gonna get it, and we do sell out in 10, 15 minutes or 20 minutes, but it, at least that way you have a shot. So if you haven't gotten notified, um, you will um, on the next round. And if you did get a notification and you missed because you were away from your desk, you were going to the bathroom, you were eating a taco, um, or both so, at the same time. Or all three, all three things, you know. <laughs> One after the other. Gen Z's like that. Um, you notify, put yourself on the list and we'll notify you again. Or, of course, subscribe to some of these uh, RSS or Twitter bots. Um, we already answered this. Why are we not using SMS? Um, yeah. SMS isn't secure. It's easy to spoof. It can be expensive. It's annoying. It's not reliable. Uh, TOTP doesn't require a third-party service. Again, it's, you know, it's only based yeah. on the time and this little... Uh, um, you don't need to use a separate app for each website either um, because you can use TOTP. I like Authy, you know, yeah. Twilio Authy, but again, there are dozens and dozens of applications or you can just write your own. Okay, and then finally, my favorite. This is not a question, it's more of a comment. Um, why, why don't you just do what I tell you to do to solve this problem? Um, so there's a lot of um, armchair philosophizers and coders who have ideas of, of how they think it would be really easy to stop this problem. Um, and, you know, in some situations it could be, uh, and, and one thing that's important is that the, the way that we are approaching this is not by me dictating to everybody at Adafruit how I want it done or Phil. This is a team effort, so the developers and us and the people, people who do the shipping the and the people who do yeah. the email support we all got together and we chatted about how we want to do it that makes it easy for everybody because it's not fair if we do something that um, the developers think is easy but is a ton of work yeah. for the email and supporters. One thing I should mention is when we talk together as a team, we always say, like, let's do something that doesn't hurt ourselves. So it wouldn't be fair to one team at Adafruit if it made their job easier but it made someone's job even harder. And so we figure out, there's a, there's a, we, 
I like that we all have different opinions because it means we have all the different angles covered and we work well together. So like Lamorne was saying, the shipping team participates with this, the dev team participates with this, the new product team participates with this, the community support and publishing team participates with this, the community participates with this, even Twitter participates with this. Um, but in the end, we really want to make sure we take care of our team. And I believe if you take care of your team, the customer feels it and knows it. And that's what's happening right now. Like Because we have empathy for one another, that's spilling off into the customers being able to get these so yeah. that's that's really important. I'm glad you mentioned that because this is like this is also a business lesson. Maybe one day this will be like yeah. I mean, it's, a it's class. It, you know, there there are and look, I know that there's companies out there that sell raspberry pies, and they're like, well, a sale is a sale. You know, I make the 55 bucks no matter who buys it. So who cares? Again, like why even have a limit? Somebody wants to come along and buy all 500 if they're willing to pay 55 dollars a piece. Great, not a problem. Um, but you know. Adafruit as a team decided what can we do that will make us feel good about our decisions. Um, so we, you know, believe me, we we discussed in detail all sorts of ways, um, you know, back orders and Steam Deck like reservation systems, password checkouts, custom tokens on every notification email that expire after an hour. Like we really went through everything, but it's a a, a lot of what we decided is um, what can we implement that is not going to be a lot of work that we then have to maintain that could have bugs, that could have issues. Like we wanted to do what is something that is simple and that we could try out and if it's effective, it's good. So that's why we are going with something which seems very simplistic, but again, at this time is working quite well. Um, we're going to, of course, keep an eye on this. If we have to change techniques uh, to stay ahead of it, we will. Um, you know, no. this, this, you know, I, I, people ask me um, when is this uh, silicon shortage going to be over? And I'm telling them it's 18 months. That's that's the yep. word of Lady Ada um, and Bunny because I chatted. I wouldn't with, bet against you. Me and um, Bunny both agreed. If, yeah. if we both agree on something, it's happening. So 18 months is how long it's going to take until the shortage is over. Um, I don't know if it's going to go back to normal, but um, it's just something to keep in mind with. So you know, the Raspberry Pis are the first thing that we're putting this in in you know kind of control. There'll be on. more. There'll probably be other things. Um, you know, we might have to do this with micro bits. Um, they're also very hard to get um, right now. Here's news from the future. In every single website you use will have two-factor authentication because you'll have to. This is just, it's its coming. Um, it's a good idea anyways. It's coming It's and it's a good security practice. And, it, you know, out of all the, so passwords are eventually going to leak. There's all sorts of things that are just going to happen. So um, I, I'm thankful that we're also able to encourage good security hygiene as well. So that's our story. Um, this will change over time. We're going to continue to be transparent and open every step of the way. We wanted to spend a bunch of time on it this week because it's a little new for some people, but also for the people that are in the industry, they also know, huh, good idea. This is smart. This is also encouraging good security. Good on you, Adafruit. And we didn't coordinate with Raspberry Pi. We didn't know ZDNet talked to Evan. So thank you so much, Evan, for the, the kind words and support because we kind of go out on a limb um, sometimes uh, because we, you know, Try to do the best thing for our team and the best thing for your community. You always don't get to coordinate with every other company in the world, um, so we appreciate the support. I also have a lot of sympathy for our customers. I know, I know, it's frustrating. A lot of people want to build products with Raspberry Pis, and it, you know, it's it's really depressing to see folks take advantage of that situation. Um, I mean, I get it. They, you know, there's people who they want to make a living, and it's like, hey, they can make some money. Um, we were selling stuff on, on auction sites or, or on Facebook or Amazon, but 
That's um, fine. I, I, I don't feel like I have to help them, though. I, I think because of the type of product and who it's going for, these are education. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe skip this one. Maybe do the stream decks. Maybe do other things. <laughs> maybe do like the PlayStations, but maybe not like stuff to teach computer science to young people um, for the, the, the low cost that uh, allows many people to get it. Just saying. Just an idea. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's the update. So we'll keep you guys updated yes. on it. Um, you know, we're, we're trying our best. Um, I'm sorry if you don't get a Raspberry Pi 4. We really are um, putting a lot of effort into trying to make it fair for everybody. Yeah, that's our promise. We'll always do the best thing possible, the most empathy and the most uh, help and support for our team and for you out there, the community and the customers who are buying stuff. Um, there's always a series of compromises that you do to make everything work out. So thank you for sticking with us and the patience and support. I think I've been saying that a lot thank tonight. Thank you, my lady. Yeah, thank you, my lady. All right, RetroTech. Let's look at old stuff. <laughs> Let's look at old stuff that, that, that's old. That's yeah. a, a simpler time, a happier time. So uh, Jepler, who's in the chat, filmed this video. I think it's his friend. And uh, it's a really cool old setup. So let's... Uh, Let's play this video. Hey, Craddock, what's this? <laughs> hey, this is my inside. It has ROM at 8000. It's running from ROM. Here's the program. Your paper tape wasn't in frame, but that's okay. Oh, okay. I'm putting it in the tape reader. Come look at that. <clears throat> So what's this on the screen? That's Intel Hex from the paper tape. Now, this is stop. Go to the beginning of memory, all zeros. Clear the screen and hit run. Hello world. Hello world. Okay, next up on RetroTech, um, I guess this is a, uh, a quest for the community. So uh, Kelly Heaton posted this cover up from Elector Magazine from 1979, and we're all trying to find who the cover artist is. This is when electronic magazines did stuff like this. What a world this was. It was the summer of 79 and it was electronics, and it was gardens, and it was Look at how beautiful plants. this cover is. And so I saw the low-res version, I'm just like, well, I'm never gonna figure this out. But then someone scanned it up and put it on their website, and it was a pretty high-res one. So uh, Tom Gilders, Gilders? Tom, Tony Gilders, I don't know. But if someone could check it out, um, you could look at uh, Kelly's uh, Twitter, and you can find this. Email me, I'll, I'll send you some links. Yeah. yeah, like I found, this is as high as res as, as I could find. Um, but check this out. So, and if anyone has a copy of this, um, you might have it. I did find a fully scanned version of this and they don't list who the cover artist is. So, I mean, someone out there knows who this is. It's either Tom or Tony or, T you know, I don't know. Well, Lector is, is, uh, was British. Yeah. European. But this yeah. is beautiful. Okay. And check out the, so check out the Elector logo at the top. There's like the diode yeah. made out of the K. And then there's a version of Electro with instead of O, there's two U's. Electro, yeah. Hot. Next up, more retro tech. So uh, this is a Radio Shack phone from the 90s. And I would say if we had to show a, a picture of something and say what, <laughs> what is the 90s, it would, might look like this. This is very 90s. So this was called the Palette Phone. And, you know, 
This looks is something like a you absolutely used after taking a lot of cocaine. <laughs> like you'd call your friends up and say, let's go to the club. She took you to the club. Um, was this like a prop from American Psycho? And uh, it also looks like an icon from like Next Step. I mean, like, would you like to call a pallet? Um, I like how there's like two buttons that don't do anything. Well, yeah, but the, but you had to you had to have the colors though. Yeah. So uh, you know they do a nice Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, violet. Um, next up, this is a pretty rare thing. It's not the uh, Open Source Association logo or the Flash Enable logo or the logo that eventually turned into the um, Open Source Hardware logo. Um, it is the salesperson set of Cray computers. So they just go around and be like, this is a Cray, buy it? They couldn't haul them around because they were so <laughs> gigantic. So they're like, hey, you want to spend a million dollars on this thing? Here, here's, a, here's a little set. And the salesperson would go out and show, this is what you could put in your, I don't even know if they were called data centers then. Your data room. It's a Cray for ants. Um, and so these are, this is pretty rare. Uh, this is part of the Adafruit collection. And it's the, uh, the Cray salesperson demonstration set. And it's to scale so you can decide how you would um, build this. A lot of places used to have scale models of their buildings because um, we didn't do 3D rendering. So you had this like, you know, balsa wood model. And you would put this in there like a little computer dollhouse and be like, oh, this is where we're going to put the, the one 100 megabyte drive that's the size of a car. Okay, and then um, last up this week is, uh, speaking of Next, uh, this is a pretty rare one. This is the Next promotional catalog item. So back when Apple uh, jetted or jettisoned Steve Jobs, he went off to do another computing company called Next. And uh, this is basically my collection book of things that I've been trying to get over the years. And now I have the promotional thing, so you can get a Next watch. You could get a next towel. You can get a next calculator. You can get a next keychain. Um, next eventually, yeah. Next eventually got folded back up into Apple, and uh, a lot of the things that you use on a modern Apple computer, including your iPhone, is based on the things from Next. But uh, a little bit of a next sweater. Yeah, next sweater. Um, one of the things I noticed in, in its in its you know swag from these companies: no socks, no Apple socks, and no Next socks. So I'll be scanning this in. I'll be putting this on archive.org for people to see. If you have any of this stuff and you want to give it to me, let me know. And uh, here's the old order form. Send it in. Okay. COD. Python on hardware time. Lady Ada, we are doing a bunch of stuff in the world of Python on hardware. Um, we saw that you can have communities on Twitter and name them. So we'll be getting the word out about that later. Uh, circuit. Python will be a community on Twitter. And the way it works is when you're in the community, when you reply to all of the people in it, only they see it. But you can still get to the tweets with That's the direct That's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. And you can do moderation. There's community rules, code of conduct. There's maker hour, which is very similar. But it's like they use a hashtag. So this is kind of interesting. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of stuff in the newsletter this week. And it's a lot of stuff that needs a, a deep dive, as they say. Um, so there's proposed Python library deprecations. There is our They're update. keeping turtle. Yeah. Um, there is uh, a debate about if something is open source or not and the court case that went along with it or the not court case that went along with it. Um, there is 
an interesting article and idea, maybe change the default password on Raspberry Pis. So there's a bunch of stuff, um, and there's so much stuff that you need to subscribe to the newsletter. You need to go to Adafruit Daily to do it. There's a ton of hardware projects, but this week I wanted to spotlight all the shows that are going on. So a little bit of a reminder, Scott is uh, having a kid, so we have Tim Foamy Guy taking over Deep Dive with Scott every single week. And he gets a new logo. Friday at 2 p.m. And check out this rad sub. So, so you can cool. see Tim and you can see Blinka. And then um, every single week we have uh, Circuit Python segments on JP Show. So I wanted to do a reminder and also play the Parsec during this segment. So go to Adafruit Daily. Go there, uh, adafruitdaily.com. You get the newsletter delivered to your mailbox. Bink. This is what it looks like. Bink. And uh, you can subscribe to all these shows whatever way you subscribe to things with videos, but you also get the newsletter highlight. Take it away, JP. For this week's CircuitPython Parsec, I wanted to show you a little trick you can do with swapping out colors in an image palette using display I.O. I'm just using the Adafruit image load to load this BMP image up on screen, but the trick the thing I wanted to show you here, I'm going to uncomment my code and resave it to the board. And now what you're going to see is it's going to go through and one by one replace each color in the palette with green. Uh, you can pick any color you want. You can do more sophisticated things. But here what you'll see is just every time it loops through, it's going to display the original image for a second. And then it's going to start just making its way through the palette and switch the palette value for green. If I change this out, we can do something like let's say red. It's not quite as visible actually because this starts out as an orange image. Uh, but you can see there one by one each of those colors changing. And this is a really neat trick. It's something that has its roots in uh, video game art using palettes to swap how things look so that you don't have as many big heavy assets in your scene was a common trick. If you take a look at the code here, we're doing an image load. We're setting up some display I.O. stuff. And then this function here, image and palette, are cast into this Adafruit image load load and then the name of your BMP image. Sets up the bitmap uh, as a tile grid image using a pixel shader based on the palette. And then in the main loop, what I'm doing is grabbing that palette and then one by one I go through however many colors are in the palette. And I'm saying take each one starting on the first one and replace it with whatever color I've picked. So if we go in here and change this to blue, let's say. So now what you'll see is it just goes through one at a time, changes it, takes a little uh, a moment there, and then it holds that image for a second and repeats it. And so that is how you can replace the colors in an image with a specific color using Display.io's palette shaders. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. Okay, Lady Ada, we are an open source hardware company. It's true. Um, there's a bunch of stuff going on. There is so much stuff going on, it's hard to keep track of. However, a bit of a reminder, everybody, it's Arduino week. Happy Arduino week, everyone. Arduino is doing um, something a little bit different this year. They have a series of live broadcasts every single day. Go to arduino.cc, check it out. So far, um, here's a screenshot from my playlist. Um, they're on day three, so tomorrow's day four. So the first one was day one, opening artificial intelligence. Day two, all things IoT. Today was day three, home automation. 
check it out. Um, what's cool about this is you can go back and watch all the videos later. Um, and then if you're like me, you have a separate account on YouTube where you just have playlists that when you get to it, you could just sit there and let it uh, play. And if you could stay awake, you can um, watch it. But at night, I get tired and I fall asleep. But then when I'm awake again, I just go back to the last place I remember. So that's how I'm getting through some of these. The opening um, was really good and they had a bunch of stats. They're also doing some open source documentation now. They put stuff on GitHub. So if you want to catch up in the world of Arduino, go for it. Speaking of repositories and GitHub, we have a lot. We have a few thousand. And GitHub turned on a cool new feature today. Go to github.com slash Adafruit and you'll notice a little thing in the upper right hand corner. Okay, here's the thing. You can do you follow. Do you want to cosplay as me? Do you also want to be subscribed to about 1,700 different repos? Follow the Adafruit organization. You can see what my inbox is like every single day. Yeah. Also, you can see what we're up to. Uh, new, new repos, so you can see stuff coming up soon, bug fixes, uh, releases, patches, yeah. and more. And you know, we work in the open, so if you want to know all the things we're working on, this is a good way to do it. And if you're someone who doesn't even code, or you want to code, or you just want to, or maybe you're an expert coder and you want to help in this open source community, um, click follow. Give us a follow. You can always unfollow. All right, we have 2,643 guides. You have a lot of guides. We have as many guides as repos. That's right. What's on the big board this okay, week? Okay, well, we've updated a couple guides. The uh, Feather Huzzah ESP8266 guide, that's been updated by Brent. We now have a Whipper Snapper no-code IoT um, getting started guide page added. Uh, sorry, added page added to the guide nouns. Uh, from Known Pedro, we have this really cool um, chaos, like 3D printed Chaos Emerald. If you're excited for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you want to run around with your own Chaos Emeralds, so you can 3D print them and then use Bluetooth to change the color of the glowing emerald. Uh, we've got the Breakbeat Breadboard. That's a collab between JP and Toddbot. Um, you can make your own Amon Break um, audio mixer using RP2040 and CircuitPython. I published a guide on the new QtPi ESP32C3. It's a RISC-V-based Wi-Fi board, very exciting. Got some guides for some new products. Liz Clark is helping out with some product guides. Did a great job for the VL53, VL53L4CD time of flight distance sensor and the MCP23017. Uh, both these are I2C devices. Um, great ad for adding time of flight distance sensing and a GPIO expansion to your microcontroller boards. We also have an update, as you uh, have heard, to our two-factor authentication. We kind of went through, we cleaned up some links. People were confused that Authy was purchased by Twilio, so we've clarified that. We've updated that FAC page. Uh, and my favorite guide this week is from Eva, who um, made the coolest, most um, gender dysphoric curing shark ever. Um, she's got uh, she's got a prescription for estradiol and a shark, and she's having a good time. Check out this guide, uh, which will um, you can turn it into an alarm clock. Um, of course, this is good for any kind of stuffed animal that you want to turn into alarm. But uh, uh, we just thought it'd be really fun to take this uh, right. internet famous shark um, and stuff it full of electronics. Get it while you can at IKEA if they're still gonna. Yeah, and and maybe you can write some code for it too. Um, yeah. So, All right, that's our guides for the week. There you go. Okay, um, we're going to do some 3D printing next. We're going to play these back to back. Noah and Pedro, take it away.
Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're making a Chaos Emerald inspired by Sonic the Hedgehog. These emeralds are 3D printed and feature NeoPixel LEDs in Adafruit Circuit Playground. We designed three different sizes so they can be made on a wide range of 3D printers. There are two halves that snap fit together and have a special mount for the Circuit Playground. A 500 milliamp LiPo battery is hidden underneath and plugs directly into the board. The LEDs are nicely diffused, making the whole thing light up nice and bright. With CircuitPython, you can easily customize the code to make the LEDs have different colors. If you have the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit, you can use the mobile app to change the color of the LEDs over Bluetooth. The color picker lets you change the colors and brightness so you can easily adjust the look of the emerald. We think this is a great way to control your props without having to take them apart. CircuitPython makes it easy for folks who are just getting started and looking to get their projects quickly up and running. The emeralds are 3D printed without any support material using translucent PLA filament. It's often called natural clear or Avery white, but it's really the translucency that makes good diffusion. The battery is placed inside the 3D printed mount in between the standoffs. The board snap fits into the mount with the tabs grabbing onto the edges of the PCB. A separate bracket is attached to the mount using screws and hex nuts. The bracket is placed over the standoffs and gets secured with additional machine screws. This keeps the board suspended inside the emerald and allows the light to spread. The bottom half can then be lined up with the top half and they just snap fit together. We hope this inspires you to check out CircuitPython in Adafruit Circuit Playground. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. This week's INMPI is brought to you by DigiKey and it's from TDK. That's right. TDK makes some cool sensors. Checking out what the latest new products are from DigiKey and I saw this nice sensor and I thought I would show it off. It is the TDK AVD uh, differential pressure module and what I like about this is I love my sensors. Um, but sensors are kind of a pain to use sometimes and tough to mount and, and tough to interface with. And what I liked is um, this is a really all-in-one, ready-to-go, like, board-mountable uh, module that makes it very, very easy if you want to add differential pressure sensing to your product or project and you just don't want to deal with spinning up a board. You want something ready to go um, with I2C for a really quick integration. 
Um, so this is the series, the part number is quite long, but it's, I call it the ABD series. Um, so these are differential pressure sensors. So what would you want differential pressure sensing for? Well, well normally we show off uh, non-differential pressure sensors. And those are, of course, good for um, just, of course, uh, if you are trying to measure pressure in a cavity, um, they're good. Uh, they're also good for determining uh, altitude and uh, how far you've moved up and down because uh, pressure changes with altitude. And, you know, you can, if you subtract the sea level pressure, you can determine how high up you are. So they're used for um, drones and, uh, you know, uh, robotics, um, watches that tell you, you know, how many steps you've taken, stuff like that. Differential pressure sensors are different. These tend to be used for um, industrial equipment. And um, in specific, you know, a very common example is you have a HVAC system and the HVAC system has a filter. Um, chances are you have an HVAC system and you, there's a filter in it and the filter keeps dust out of the HVAC. So it keeps the HVAC motor from getting clogged with dirt. And of course, keeps your air clean too. It's a, it's a nice filter for your air. But um, the filter gets clogged up with dirt and dust, and then the HVAC has to work harder and harder and harder to push air through the filter. Um, and you're supposed to like check your filter every six months, and you know, like, yeah, sure. But one, you could forget, or second, maybe you have a building that's so large um, that it's hard to check the filters all the time. Well, a differential pressure sensor, you'd put each prong on one of the sides of the filter. Um, and you would notice that the pressure would be much higher on the side that's trying to push the air through the filter. Um, and that differential is what is making it difficult for the uh, HVAC system to work. Um, once it triggers past a certain uh, pressure threshold, uh, maybe it would send an SMS or maybe it would, uh, you know, turn on LED or turn on an alarm telling you, hey, it's time to change the filter. So it's the common uh, use for differential pressure sensors. Um, sometimes it could also be used for telling how much liquid is in a vat, you know, by measuring the um, differential pressure from inside or outside, um, you know, an enclosed vat. But, yeah, basically that's what it's used for, a lot of industrial uh, measurements, not necessarily for altitude measurements. Uh, so this sensor, like I said, what's very nice is that it has I2C data out. Um, you basically don't even have a register map. You just read four bytes from it, and it just spits out. Uh, the data and um, you just have to shift the data around. There's a little algorithm um, that tells you how to multiply it out uh, and how to linearize it. Um, there's two connectors, so you don't even need to solder. They're JST SH five pin connectors. Um, there's an interrupt telling you when data is ready. Um, I didn't use that. I just connected up ground power, clock, and data. Um, and uh, wired up to Arduino, wrote the code uh, for the algorithm on the right, and it just worked. It was actually pretty sweet. Uh, here's the code, and I'll, I'll show the demo on the overhead. But you can see it's very short. A lot of it's just shifting a couple of things, doing a few multiplies, um, and out spits out the temperature and pressure. Uh, since it's differential, um, you'll have to determine, like, what is the max pressure difference you're going to have in your system. Uh, this comes in uh, three types. Oh, can you expand it so I can read it? Because I think it's yeah. 210... Sorry, on the right, it says 16, uh, sorry, 1.6 kilopascals, uh, 10 kilopascals, and 700 kilopascals. So depending on the pressures you're measuring, uh, you'll pick different ranges to get the most accuracy and precision. Um, what I like about this sensor is, it's, again, it's a module, um, especially if you want to like install this in some sort of HVAC filter system and then run the cable for data to someplace else. Uh, it's also daisy chainable. If you want to have multiple sensors, uh, you can do that. Um, but it's ready to go. It's a kind of a fully integrated slim module that's, um, that can be, you know, uh, 
it's injection molded and ready to, to be um, installed into your whatever measurement system you've got. Uh, there's also a step 3D model, and it's nice. It's even got all the coloring for um, the, the module and all that. And best of all, it's Available in stock. Available in DigiGay. And it's in stock. It's in stock. So let's show the demo real fast. I just um, put together, it was such an, it was like so easy. It took me less than an hour to do this. I've just got my little microcontroller set up here. Let me focus lock. Okay. Uh, I got the OLED and this is differential. So remember, it's, it's not doing the absolute pressure. It's doing the pressure difference between the two prongs. That's why you see it's zero. But if I, if I plug up one, you'll see it's going into negative uh, pressure. And if I plug the other one, it goes into positive pressure. Uh, so this is not calibrated. Um, I basically just got the data out and this is what popped out. But um, it was very easy to uh, wire it up. I just connected it through I2C, um, verified the address, read the data, and then calculated out. And then uh, here's one quick question. Is it precise enough for a... A pitot tube? tube. Um, it's 14 bits of data. Um, I don't know off the top of my hand what the pressure differentials are for a, a, a pitot tube um, because I've, I've never flown before. Um, but pilots out there, uh, if any of you know, uh, pop in the chat and say what the, what the differential pressure is. But um, it's quite good. I mean, this is, this is basically a lot of people use analog differential um, pressure sensors. And um, you can use them, but they're kind of a pain to use. And if, again, if you want to integrate this with something like a single board Linux computer, like a Raspberry Pi that you can't buy, um, I2C will just work, whereas with analog, it's like suddenly you're getting into like, okay, you have to have an analog front end and you have to do the calculations and there's more wiring. This is very plug and play, like, you know, no external components required. Okay. And that is this week's Eye on MPI. Eye on MPI. All right, Lady, just a reminder, the code is two fact, use it or lose it. I'm probably gonna crash out, but you know, it'll probably be on until midnight. Um, let's do new products. That's right. You ready? It's new, 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 new. Okay, let's zip through these revisions. I know, so many revisions. Okay. Lizer update, so uh, Cutie Pie ESP32 S2, it's an adorable little Wi-Fi microcontroller with the ESP32 S2 microcontroller uh, and a UFL connector, so you can connect any kind of antenna you like. Uh, this is now revised, it now uh, has much better deep sleep performance, um, so if you are needing uh, deep sleep performance at uh, 70 microamps, we fixed it. It's ready to go and you can pick it up, so. Next up. Next up. We have revised the ADXL 345. This is like one of the first products we put in the shop, um, the ADXL 335 and 345. Um, we've been stemming all of our boards to make them plug and play. No solder required. Uh, this board is the latest to get the revision. Um, it's the same schematic, same functionality, same library, but no soldering required because it's got stem QT connectors. So a lovely QTification. Next up, another revision, uh, the CP2104 has been discontinued and can't get it anymore. It's been replaced with the CP2102, which is very much like, but not exactly the same schematic. And so um, the Bluetooth sniffer board has been revised. Uh, it made a couple other little tweaks. This now uses CP2102. Uh, it's a great little tool for um, sniffing BLE connections uh, with Wireshark and uh, doing debugging and analysis on unencrypted uh, BLE messages and advertisements. 
Uh, so check it out. Works exactly the same as before. It just has a new chip. And uh, we just kind of cleaned up the schematic a little bit. Another revision, similarly, the Pi UART, also the CP2104-based board. I really like the CP2104. Quite sad that it got discontinued. Uh, but, you know, we revised this for the CP2102. It's a little board that goes onto your Raspberry Pi, um, gives you a UART connection, plug and play. And, of course, you can also power the board. And now it's got a USB-C connection. Um, upgraded it. One of those things, if I'm going to revise a board, I might as well revise the whole thing. So updated it from micro B to uh, USB-C. Here's just showing the previous version on a Pi Zero. Um, I just found this really handy for like, I want to power and um, send and receive data from the serial console on a Pi. Um, this board will do the job. Okay, and the stars of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our team, our community, our customers is? Uh, the solar bug kit from Brown Dog Gadgets. Uh, Brown Dog makes some really cool, fun, toys and kits for students and young kids that want to uh, learn um, making electronics. These no solder projects are great for classrooms, for rainy days, for sunny days, actually. This one is, is good for sunny days. Um, and this one is you make these little like bugs um, and you have a little motor and a solar panel. Um, and when you put them outside, the little bugs, they get energy from the solar panel and they start uh, jittering around uh, like creepy little bugs. Who doesn't love bugs? Um, so there's a four pack, which is good for a small family or uh, a kid who likes to make a lot. And a 25 pack that's really good for like um, birthday parties, classrooms, camps. Um, you're somehow stuck with 25 kids uh, and you really need to entertain them 15 minutes. Um, this will do the job. And we've got one built here and I've got a lamp. I'm gonna try to do a live demo. Okay. This might just run off of the all right, so. Okay, so this is the, the oh. Yeah, well, I was going to show, why don't you want to turn on the lamps? So no, because I want to show this here? beforehand, okay. and then I'm going right, to show this. Okay, so um, there's a solar panel here, and then it's taped onto, you can see there's a little uh, motor. This is a um, pager motor, vibration motor, no soldering. And then you actually use these googly eyes as like a little like slider thing. Oh, okay. And then I've got this lamp. Let's see what happens. Yeah, so wee! Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I've just got this little lamp pointing at it. Um, and the sun, of course, is going to be even more active. But uh, no batteries required. It just uh, it just kind of moves we around. We built a small sun just to demonstrate I this. know. So um, a fun project. Let me and, uh, show you what's going on on this side here. Yeah, hi. Yeah. I just got a lamp. Daystar. Daystar. It's not even that great of a lamp, to be honest. Um, but a fun little project. So... You know, if you want to do like um, solar bots kits, but you don't even want to, sorry, it's my couscous. Um, you don't even want to do any soldering. Um, this takes like two or three minutes a piece to make, and it runs forever. Okay, we're going to uh, do questions. Uh, go over to Discord, put them there. I saw a couple in some other chats. We'll start to get to those, but yeah. uh, we're going to load up some top secret while the questions go over to Discord. So first up, uh, Lady Ada, you were working on this. What is this? This is a magnetometer that you can buy. Uh, I cannot okay. get any magnetometers. Um, I ordered uh -huh. some a year ago, and they still haven't come in. Uh, we covered this on The Great Search a few weeks ago. Is like, what can I get that would be a good magnetometer for an IMU? This chip that MMC 5603 came up, I'm gonna make a little breakout for it, get into the store because uh, it's a magnetometer and I can buy it. Okay, um, here's a little quick video that we made. This is the ESP32S2 that we're doing. 
All right, Lady what is this? Hey, I am working today on an ESP32-S3 Feather. Uh, if anyone watching my little videos, you might be like, hey, wait, you made an S3 Feather a while ago. Why are you working on it again? Well, um, the S3 Mini is the same pinout as the S2 Mini. And I recently um, just did a revision for the ESP32 S2 Feather to fix the power supply and uh, deep sleep mode with another LDO. Um, so when we did the last run of the S2, I just swapped out one board with an S3 module. And what's cool is since then, Arduino has added uh, support for the S3 in a branch. And so I've got the NeoPixel going and I've got the board definition going. So, so far so good. So I'm gonna order these PCBs this weekend cause um, I got all the pins working, I squared C, SPI, UART. It's all good. So this S3 is ready to order and get in the shop. And uh, you'll see some cool projects ahead. We're doing these 3D printed covers uh, for graphic novels. These are so cool. Um, this is a prototype that uh, Don Pedro are working on. We're going to have a bunch of different ones that you can print out and uh, not only protect your graphic novels, but uh, display them really nicely. Phil B is working on this really cool thing. This is uh, modeled after a very famous looking computer. I'll let the chat guess which one that is. And then we're uh, doing some updates to PyLeap. Um, we'll be able to load in a JSON file that'll display whatever latest guide that we have. And you'll instantly, with no code, be able to send off whatever project that you can see on your phone to a Bluetooth-enabled CircuitPython device. Yeah. And magically, but it's not magic, it's code that you can learn. Um, or not, you don't even need to use a code. And uh, get all these projects on your device instantaneously. Yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing a future where students and kids do not have computers. Um, they have phones, and they want to write code. They want to explore engineering. Or most people. Um, but they don't have a computer. And, you know, a lot of schools, they have locked down tablets or locked down um, laptops. It isn't mm. like when we were kids when it was like, hey, everybody, you can do like basically do whatever you want with the Apple IIs um, in the computer lab or the, the PCs. Um, so if you only have a phone, how can you um, get people interested in coding and electronics? Uh, so PyLeap is, is our view of that. It's a... Uh, totally wireless, um, totally cross-platform, no hardware, drivers required uh, way of programming um, my controller boards. Okay, let's do questions because top secret's over. Okay. All right, what was the name of the connector on the breakout board that uh, used to be solderable? Um, I think that was the question. It was from a while back. The yeah. solderable? Yeah. Well, we, we'd like to use the JSTSH. That's what we use on our STEMI QT boards. Uh, so we use the four pin JST SH. Okay. It's a one millimeter pitch connector. Okay, uh, next up. Uh, someone had asked, is there a way to do, uh, I'll just summarize because it's a pretty big chunk of uh, question. Could we do like uh, batch deliveries? Like you could order a bunch of stuff in advance at Adafruit and then whenever we got to it, we would ship. Now the issue with that is that's a back order. And with the supply chain issues right now and shortages, what if it's like 18 months? We wouldn't want to hold that payment for well over a year. Also, it's just, yeah, it's, it's you know, we used to do back orders. I know this isn't quite back orders, but it's back order light. Um, honestly, just because it's so difficult stocking and making sure we have stuff that when you book an order, we really want to make sure that we ship it to you immediately because what if we think we had it and we don't, and then you order other stuff, and it turns out the other thing you don't have, and then you want to change yeah. your order. It gets really complicated really fast. You end up holding you know, your order, and things could potentially be discontinued by the time we ship it. So here's my suggestion right now. Sign up for the notifications on Adafruit, 
And then if you want to, use a reseller like DigiKey for some of that backorder capability where when they get it in, it ships. That, that's kind of like use the two sites. And, you know, it's find the order from Adafruit, also find the order from DigiKey. In fact, a lot of the products we have, when it's not in stock, it says buy from DigiKey because they'll be able to handle a back order that maybe they'll be willing to hold on longer than we would be able to do. Yeah, they're okay. set up for that. We're not. Next up, uh, question for the show. Adafruit created a beautiful uh, ANCS, Apple Notification System, CircuitPython library and working code. While it was created for the NRF52840 chips, is there any way it could be ported to the ESP32 for CircuitPython, MicroPython, or an Arduino port made to support the Bluetooth ESP32? I don't know if somebody's done an ANCS library for Arduino. I, I'm assuming that somebody has, so I would just Google for it. We haven't. I know that we are we have controller support for Bluetooth on CircuitPython for the ESP32 S3 and C3. So in theory you should be able to connect to peripherals. So I think you can connect to your Apple Watch, but we haven't tested it. It's very new. I mean we'd like to, but um, it's one of the things we haven't quite gotten to. Yep. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, do you ever have to deal with uh, mental burnout as an engineer? What do you do to cope? Yeah, I did have burnout. I had burnout in October, and you can even see, see it on GitHub. Like, I sort of just stopped doing as much stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't really have a good answer to that. I think that um, you can't really force your way out of it, but I also think burnout isn't how much your workload is. Burnout is whether you are not getting good feedback like for yourself from the work you are doing. Like it's more of an impedance mismatch, not the impedance itself. So um, usually burnout is a sign of something that's happening in your life that you need to pay attention to and resolve. Um, but beyond that, you should, you should talk to your therapist. Uh, because it's like what that thing is, I don't know. Like I know exactly what it was in October that burnt me out. Um, and actually had nothing to do with engineering, but like the engineering, like I couldn't get, get any engineering done because of it. Okay. Is there a big difference between the S2 and S3? Uh, for the ESP32 S3, it's got Bluetooth and it's got dual core. It's a big difference. Okay. Uh, question, I know a lot of common components are very available, chips and such, while uh, many full boards like the Raspberry Pi are very scarce. Uh, would you comment on the current state of supply chain issues as you understand them? Yes, you are not going to be able to get parts consistently for 18 months. That's, that's what I, I can say. Beyond that, I don't, I have no insight other than others. I'm just, just there's the lead times that I'm getting. Um, of course, the getting one component can be easy, um, but if you have a board with say 50 components um, and you can only get 49 of them, that stops you from building. And so um, it causes sort of like a traffic jam in your, uh, production schedule and I think that's what everyone's dealing with is you know uh, what if you have everything except for one component and that's happened to me for a lot of boards it's like I'm just waiting for this one part um, but that one part just isn't showing up there's no replacement I can't I can't fabricate okay someone had suggestions uh, you know we do have saved wish lists you can put things in your cart and save that that's a good way to retain stuff and then last question of the night Lady Ada what is the product you use the most in your personal projects um, you know, I really, I just kind of use a classic Metro Mini. I actually like the Cutie Pie a lot. A lot of my, you know, whenever, like you saw the little demo I built for IMPI, I use the Cutie Pie. I love just plugging in an OLED and a sensor and I'm ready to go, like no soldering. It's actually helped me develop a lot faster. Like I, I was spending a lot of time with soldering headers and wiring and stuff on a breadboard. 
and I could do it, but just being able to like plug something in instantly and not have to worry about being off by one um, has made projects a lot faster for me. So, uh, you know, the, the stuff that makes my life easier, I think makes customers' lives easier. I also like permafrotos. I like permafrotos yeah. too. Yeah, I use those a lot. All right, well, that is our show for tonight, everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. Big, epic show tonight. Uh, we're exhausted. It was a day. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We very much appreciate it. Don't forget the code is two fact. Um, special thanks to Zay behind the scenes tonight and the Adafruit Slack, and then everyone in the community chats, YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and Twitter, and also Discord. Of course, that's where we answer all the questions. And uh, shout out to Mudge, who was watching tonight. Hey, Mudge. Hey. And um, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks so much for. My sister watches sometimes. Yeah, too. thanks so much for watching the show. And uh, maybe we can all think of ways to come together and build things because everyone makes something. It's something that we all have in common. And uh, we, very, we very much appreciate all of the, the, the support that you're giving us through the ups and downs of what planet Earth is right now. We'll see everybody next week. This has been an Adafruit production. Thanks, Here everybody. is your moment of Zener. Bye.